We uh, just finished this morning a significant time of prayer. How many of you were involved in the 24-hour prayer push we call the burn? Boom. How many of you were involved? Stand up if you were any time between midnight and 6 a.m. All right. Woo. And you can now fall back down and sleep for a little while. Um, one other thing. So where's Leah? She may be sleeping now also. Thank you. Bless you, Leah. I think she's did an all-nighter. But uh, uh, so we're super grateful for every investment that we have in the kingdom of God and the in prayer, everything that Jesus does, everything that is in the Father's hearts is first established in prayer. He, is, uh, he wants to partner with us to speak out his will, to speak his word into existence and live it out here on earth. One other announcement, one thing uh, that we may have communicated at other times, I just want on your radar, is the last weekend of January, it's actually the 31st of January and the 1st and 2nd of February, we're having our Antioch New England Conference. And this is our annual meeting with all three congregations. We'll have speakers coming in from different places. It's, a, it's, a, it's an international focus for us at our core, but it's a very prophetic time. We have seen again and again God speaking in very significant, deep ways as individuals, I mean to us as individuals, as well as corporately. So I want that to, to be on your radar. Uh, what happens during the holidays, you know, everybody goes off in a hundred different directions, and we have uh, uh, turkey comatose experiences, and, uh, and then you wake up at the beginning of the year, like, what's going on? What's, what's happening? So reconnect as we get started right uh, in January. Well, um, I am Mark Buckner, I'm the pastor, and I am involved in speaking occasionally in this church. I want to um, bring us into our series we're calling The Christmas Journey. And today's message is on the journey to Bethlehem. Now, I've already lived this out, this journey to Bethlehem. In fact, I lived it out with my life group. And uh, on Friday night, we journeyed to Bethlehem. It actually started in Acton, Massachusetts. And uh, the Evangelical Free Church there has this whole setup, and I believe there's going to be a group going tonight at 4.45, head out to Acton, and it's, it's excellent. Our journey actually only took like 45 minutes. It was a longer journey for uh, Mary and Joseph, but, uh, but this was fun, and we had a couple of other things. I can't, you can't see them really well because this white hat absorbed all of the flash, but, um, but there are three wise men that we encountered. And, uh, and then, finally, we met a centurion, and Amon specifically met a centurion. Did Amon meet a centurion? I'm not sure if he met a centurion or not. Let's find out. Never mind. He met a centurion. We met one there. He had phenomenal abs made out of plastic. And uh, so... This is what we're talking about. This is this uh, picture of God's heart, his character, as revealed specifically in Matthew chapter 1. And we're, we're learning very core aspects of God's character. So we're going to answer the question, what do we learn about God in this story? What do we learn specifically about God 
through the life of Joseph. And this is the revelation of Jesus. This is this gift that we carry of an awakening to the person of the Son of God. And so I, I pray that would happen. Lord, bring the spirit of wisdom and revelation today. Soak us with this ability to see in the spirit and to hear spiritual words, Lord, that would make us alive, that would conform us into your image, that would give us a hunger and thirst for what is righteous and true and excellent and pure and noble and worthy. Lord, we, we've heard this, some of us have heard this story thousands of times, it seems like. Make it alive again today. Quicken us, Lord. Give us the revelation of Jesus. Amen. So join with me as I read out of Matthew. This is how the birth of Jesus, Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace. He had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She'll give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. So this is the path, the journey to Bethlehem. It's a prophetic path. It's an emotional path. And this passage is specifically focused on Joseph. We've just finished the genealogy of Joseph. And the next verse starts into this passage, all right? The Luke story is based in Mary. It tells her uh, Magnificat. It tells the background story all about John the Baptist's birth. And then uh, that classic passage that Linus quotes in Charlie Brown's Christmas in Luke chapter 2. For very old people, thank you for being with me in that. All right. And uh, <clears throat> so... Uh, this is where we see how Joseph is faithful to God's word and trusts what God speaks to him. Joseph accepts, now, you know, we see a lot of people accepting Jesus as the Lord. Joseph accepts Jesus as his son. It's a pretty unique experience here. And he didn't, he didn't consummate the marriage. He obeyed what the angel told him. He protected Mary and the baby. This is what 
the Father does. This is what a father does. And I, I, I'm burdened as I'm speaking this today. I've just been reflecting on the attack on the Father. There's a, there's a revelation happening of, of brokenness in our society, but I want to contend for the true heart of the Father today. Because we're not throwing that out the window, all right? We're seeing, we want to see everything that God has here. And we want to be like Joseph. So what do we see about God's character in this story? What do we see about Emmanuel, God with us? I want to, so I'm not into Joseph yet. I'm talking about the revelation of, of Jesus, the Trinitarian God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. What we see in Emmanuel is, first of all, humility. And this is one of my favorite Reflections, my favorite meditations. If we to think about how big God is. So I, I need someone that that understands the solar system or our, our galaxies and all these things. I, I, I don't know what all the words for this are. But we have the Earth, we have our own solar system, and we have a galaxy. Universe. What's out here? There's like multiple, multiple universes. There's all these. Have, have anybody seen the National Geographic where you have like, that takes it out one level and to the next level and to the next level and to the next level. It's like five to six different levels of perspective on all of creation. And, and the goal is just for your mind to be completely blown. How vast. This thing, Genesis 1 started, God said, let there be light. And that word has not stopped. The universe is continuing to be expanded today, right now. So how do we see humility? God holds all of this, everything that is, in his hand like a jewel. And he sees every moment of time, every individual second, he knows the thoughts of every person in existence, and everything that's happening. But he sees every moment of eternity simultaneously as well. All of those moments, all of those places, throughout time, everywhere that's in existence, he captures that within himself. And he chose to come down into finite space and time. Vulnerability into the womb of a woman. And he wasn't, you know, all-powerful genie sucked out into a little bottle against his will. Teeny when he lived in space. No, he gave himself to this vulnerable thing. This is, this is called meekness power that is submitted. And what is Emmanuel? It's, it's empathy. So there's a difference between empathy and sympathy. Empathy is no, sympathy is experiencing I'm going to blow this up different ways, okay? Talk about empathy. 
experiencing the feelings of another or recognizing the feelings of another through because they have a similar experience. Like they've lived that. I know what's happened to you. You're talking to someone that has cancer and if you haven't had that experience, you have sympathy. But if you've had cancer, you have empathy with that person. You know the fear, the confusion, the struggle, the process. And you can empathize. So sympathy is a feeling of sorrow or, or pity. It's, it's a valuable thing. You sympathize with people. Like, wow, I'm so sorry. But empathy is what Jesus has. He felt what you feel. He tasted a lot of things. He didn't taste everything you've tasted. I don't think they had enchiladas back then. But he experienced the, the senses, the, what it means to be here on earth, to be limited. Hebrews 2, 18 says, because he himself suffered when he was tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. What does Emmanuel mean? It means he is present. When you're in the middle of where are you, God, because of your own sense of isolation or loneliness, he's there. You can't see it. You may not be able to feel it, but he sees you. And he feels what's going on inside of you. So we have God's character revealed in this Emmanuel, this coming down and living within time and space in a human body. Now let's look at Joseph. So here's, here's a first-time dad. I, I remember being a first-time dad. We actually had quite a, a drum roll in our life because Susan had two miscarriages before our, our first birth before Dorothy was born. But when, when we got into Susan being in labor or in the hospital, I want to tell you, I was, that was, I'd never imagined anything like, it's phenomenal, crazy. Joseph is having, he's entering into this whole experience. <laughs> but it's a little complicated. Who was Joseph? Matthew 13.55 says, isn't this the carpenter's son? There's the, the village that's around Jesus as he's performing miracles. So he was a carpenter. He's from Nazareth. And we see in the, the previous genealogy that we have in the first chapter of Matthew, he's a, he is a son. He's a descendant of Abraham. He's a son of David. He's a descendant of the line of David. He's his dad's name was Jacob, and we see he's, he was faithful to the law. He was a faithful Jew. And tradition that's affected us through the Catholics is that Joseph was old, maybe a widow. And that was thought of so because they believed in, in Catholicism that Mary it was a perpetual virgin. However, uh, most likely... Joseph was younger for many reasons. One of them is that he seemed to be starting a family. He was around uh, 12 years later in the story. He's, he's walking a great distance to Jerusalem. So 12 years later, he's, he's still pretty strong. 
And Jesus had at least six siblings. Matthew 13, 55, and also it's in Mark, chapter 6. Isn't this the carpenter's son? Isn't his mother's name Mary? And aren't his brothers, James, Joseph, Simon, Judas, aren't all his sisters with us? So we have at least six children here in this family, younger siblings. Now, um, so I, um, I did what uh, I often do in preparing a sermon. I, I went to Google, and uh, I found a, a picture I want to show you. And this was kind of helpful for me because... And because there's in different pictures, uh, I'm, I'm, you know, we're trying to imagine things. Now, uh, don't focus on skin color. Uh, don't focus on the shape of his nose, you know, and all this kind of stuff. He was Middle Eastern, uh, probably at least olive, complected to brown. Uh, you know, he wasn't blonde and most likely dark black hair, like his parents we see here. But... Uh, uh, Joseph, in many places, to say, you know, he was more like college age and she was high school age. He was a young man. He was, he was, uh, he was able to be tempted. He wasn't ending his life. He was starting out in life. And uh, so he was strong, virile, faithful. Jesus was given... A healthy, not perfect, but excellent example of a man and father. Both internally, meaning within the Godhead, Jesus understood male and female. And externally, in his parents, he understood male and female, masculine and feminine, with accuracy. Joseph was brave. There are multiple negative options available when he discovers that Mary is with child. And we know that it's just one aspect of him being faithful to uh, the law is he knew what the judgment of the law was going to be. So she's uh, divorced, and at one extreme of it, she is, she's killed because, um, and again, this is culture. I'm not justifying this in any way, but if it, whether it was rape or unfaithfulness, she was going to be punished. And Joseph, I, I, in my imagination, he's got to be going, they're going to think it's me. I'm the one who's violated her. But he knows, you know, like, if he doesn't act on the law and judge her, what are they going to think about him? <clears throat> but he's not just faithful to the law. He's compassionate. Now, when we see, we see Joseph as a man of integrity, when, it, when they say faithful to the law, this is an observation of his life. We're not seeing a recitation of all the different activities that he did. We're making a comment. Look at this person and said, he, 
has been faithful in everything that it meant to obey God fully in that time. And he says he did not want to disgrace her. He did not want to shame her. I, you know, I, we don't have any record. It Was this an arranged marriage? Was this an affection that grew over years of these two people interacting with each other? You know, but I, I believe he loved her. Cared for her. And he, although he was deeply hurt and potentially very angry, did not want her to be hurt. So he's in the middle of this struggle. And what do we see also in him? He's prophetic. Mary gets an open vision. Joseph gets a dream. And he understood enough about dreams to be able to, to put this whole thing together when he woke up. I don't, there's, there's levels of revelation that God has. And with each one of those revelations, there's something connected to the level of responsibility of the person. So a lot of times we say, you know, show me an angel, speak to me in an audible voice. I want to tell you, the stronger God speaks to you, the heavier the situation is going to be that you're going to be facing and walking out in the future. So blessed are those who have not seen and yet believed. Blessed are you who hear the word of the Lord and respond, and it doesn't take an explosion to get you moving down the road. But you say yes to him. But Mary was facing something pretty unusual. Angelic visitation. Joseph, pretty intense situation he's going to be walking into. Revelation of an angel in a dream. Very powerful things. Jesus' life was prophesied, Micah 5.2. But you, Bethlehem, Ephrathah. There we go, Ephrathah. I used to have a book. How to say all the hard names in the Bible. I uh, can't find it. <laughs> Though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from old, from ancient times. This is prophesied hundreds of years before. Isaiah, therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and will call him Emmanuel. Jesus only did, we see in John chapter 5, what the Father did, only said what he heard the Father say. I, you know, could it be that Joseph, deeply faithful to God, deeply invested in his word, had some of these pieces invested in his imagination? I don't know if any of you spend time praying out of the book of Revelation, hoping for the return of Jesus, expectant of his coming, expecting a resolution of all that's happening in this universe. Joseph had that in his spirit. There was a Messiah that was going to come. It was strong in him. Boom, he's right in the middle of the story. Joseph, an angel speaks to him in a dream. And he's in tune with that. He's walking in revelation of God's will in the, in the spirit. And then Joseph is a man who submitted he has perseverance. He has self-control. He 
walked with an attractive young woman on an intimate journey and protected her. So here's a little bit of a, a map. I, any of you look at maps in the back of your Bible ever do that? Do we have a map, Sam? There's no map. So right here at Galilee, up, uh, it, there's right to the next of Galilee is uh, Nazareth. So, Israel. <laughs> if we have a long rectangle, get up to, to the top, you have Lebanon. All right? Come down. Not that far from the northern border is Galilee. And just to the west of it is Nazareth. I, I have actually walked there. I, my graduation present from college was a trip to Israel. 1982. 83. Trying to figure out when I made the trip, too. And um, <clears throat> uh, and so this is a real place. I mean, I, it's interesting. Even being in Galilee, getting down to the lake and looking up from the water, it's a very, it's a it's a perfect amphitheater. The the ground moves gradually up and rises up from the water, where thousands of people could sit if you were in a boat speaking to them. And Nazareth is uh, to come down from Nazareth to Bethlehem. Now, Bethlehem, um, and on Susan's... All right, all right. It's exciting. Sam, way to go, man. So, so here we are. See how close to the border we are? With, that's, that's Galilee right there. This is the Dead Sea. And the Jordan River is what is the border between the two countries. And... Many people have been baptized there that didn't need to be baptized because they were on tourist trips. But uh, there are also other people baptized there. But uh, so, yes, there's lots of very touristy things that are happening, but there's real stuff as well. And uh, so they, instead of, see this West Bank? Familiar now? That was the land of the Samaritans. There were Philistines, there were other mixed tribes. There's been a kind of a problem in this area for a few millennia. We've got some different things going on. The most likely they did not go that way. They came down either on this side or they came down on the other side, which made it longer. And when you're going up to Jerusalem, it's interesting, when you're on the coast, you're, you're really aware of this as you're driving the road, but you're constantly climbing in altitude. Jerusalem is, is the peak. It's, it's up on top of the mountain. This is on a ridge. And so there's, there's this view and this expanse around it. And so they made not only distance, but they made altitude travel up to this place. And uh, uh, so this required diligence. This was, and it was a risky journey. There were complications in all this. So what I'm saying is, as we're looking at this map, faithful obedience to follow through on the word of the Lord. This is, this is what I have for you, Joseph. And he says yes, and he walks through 
this whole process. He is a man who fulfills his promises. So, what am I saying with all this? I'm saying, we are on a journey in God's heart, and we need a revelation to be like Joseph. We're taking steps. I'm, I'm, I'm praying. You know, it, this is every time we sing these songs this month, anytime we're in worship, you need to be asking this. Lord, reveal this to me. Let me not just be going through the motions. Let me have an understanding and a revelation that allows me to truly express awe of you while where, we're worshiping today. Let my heart be connected to this. Move it deeply inside of me. Let me be like Joseph, Lord. Let me push me into this familiar story with a revelation of your character, of humility, empathy, and willingness that we see in the incarnation of Jesus. <coughs> Open up your character, Lord, to us. Joseph's bravery, his compassion, his prophetic discernment, his faithfulness, and his prophetic, his protective heart. <coughs>